You're listening to Healthy House Calls with Angel, and today I'm talking mental health. When things fall apart, how to break up with your therapist nicely. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to Healthy House Calls with Angel. I am your host, Angel Shannon, giving you tips, tools, and holistic strategies to live a healthier life by intentional design. Join me as we explore the landscape of lifestyle medicine, offering practical tips that help you eat, sleep, move, and live better, and help you become fit and functional for life. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Healthy House Calls with Angel and the Fit and Functional for Life community, the SIVA Circle. I'm Angel Shannon, your host, founder of SIVA Health and the SIVA Institute, where we put mindfulness and compassion in action to help you live longer and live better. I want to welcome you to a community that believes that good health is so much more, so much more than just a normal physical and the weight on a scale. Good health is also the sense of harmony, balance, peace, purpose, and fulfillment we feel in our lives. Thank you so much for tuning back in. But if you are a brand new listener to our global community, here's what I want you to know. We are just that. We are a global community of folks who believe first and foremost that good health is the very first wealth And because of that, we declare our physical, mental, and spiritual well-being to be our single most important priority. We value knowledge, wisdom, and most importantly, most importantly, personal transformation. We are taking our health into our own hands by being informed and empowered, by taking action and holding ourselves accountable. We prioritize rest movement, mindfulness, optimal nutrition, spiritual growth, and meaningful work that aligns with our life's purpose. In a nutshell, we are a global community that desires to be fit and functional, not just for a day, not just for an event, but fit and functional for life. So thank you so much for tuning back in. I am talking today about something that is so absolutely important. This is a question that came up in my clinical practice that I said, hmm, this would make an awesome podcast because it's something that we all are talking so much about, and that is mental health. Mental health and mental well-being, but it's also something that we're not talking about, which is when things fall apart. How to break up with your therapist nicely. So I want to jump right into that. But before I do, I really want to say thank you so much to our Patreons. I want to thank the people who are supporting this podcast by sharing it. Thank you so much that you are sharing this podcast and you are helping to make lifestyle medicine and integrative health a household set of words worldwide. Thank you so much to our corporate sponsors in the greater Baltimore area who are helping to bring lifestyle medicine and integrative health into the community and to make it practical to help us make the science simple 
Thank you so very much to our corporate sponsors. Thank you so much to Sinesco Health for choosing me as a preferred provider to bring neuro wellness and lifestyle medicine to the global community. Thank you so much for your confidence and your support in what you are helping us to do here at SIVA Health and the SIVA Institute. So right off the bat, I want to say thank you to those who are supporting the work we are doing here. We appreciate you and thank you so very much. So with that said, I'm going to jump right into today's topic, which is when things fall apart, how to break up with your therapist nicely. And so I was having a conversation with a patient recently who needed a referral for a new therapist after things had fallen apart. And it it occurred to me in that conversation that there were so many missed opportunities for getting in front of the miscommunication that had occurred. And sadly, the situation was such that it created such a bad taste in the mouth of my patient, such that the person just thought, you know, I'm just going to give up on this. I've done this a million times and I still come out with this same, you know, feeling or this same outcome. What's the point? And sadly, I think this is the case for a lot of people that I personally have encountered. And I'll go on record that I have encountered in my own life. And in the interest of full disclosure, I will say that I too have been in therapy. You know, I have had some of the same questions that my patients have had. How to end this relationship with the therapist? Whether or not to bring up the feelings that I'd had, you know, without, you know, appearing to be confrontational or argumentative or difficult or accusatory, right? So how to end this therapeutic relationship, just to cut and run, to cancel my appointment, or to really sit down and say, you know, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. Um, I too have had that question. So this episode is for you. If you have ever been in therapy and have had difficulty ending the relationship, if you've had difficulty, you know, expressing how you felt what you needed, and if you've struggled with the guilt, I'm going to go in here deep a little bit. If you've struggled with the guilt and have not known how to navigate around the you know, elephant in the room, so to speak, when things fall apart in a therapeutic relationship. And more importantly, more importantly, let me say this, especially if this is a therapy um, situation that you've been in for a long time, if this is someone you may have worked with for a long time who's helped you in many ways in your life, but now things have taken a shift for whatever reason, and you're struggling with how to get around this elephant in the room. This episode is for you. This is the episode I wish I'd had when these questions came up for me 
because it was a point in my life where, you know, therapy was brand new to me. It was a new concept. It wasn't something that, you know, you know, it's not like it was not like it is today where it's commonplace and we're all acknowledging that therapy is a very good thing to have in your health and wellness toolkit. This is back when it was very hush hush. Okay. And I'll just say in the interest of full disclosure, this was a therapist who was, you know, highly credentialed. And so there was sort of some intimidation factors there as well. So, and I know this is a common feeling because I've heard it repeatedly over and over and over. So that's what gives me a bit of authority to talk about this uh, definitively, because not only has it shown up in my clinical practice, it's certainly something that I have experienced personally as well. And because therapy is so important, it begs the argument that we really do need to have more conversation about, you know, what therapy is, what it isn't. And I won't go on record to say what it is and isn't because I'm not a therapist, but I will speak from the perspective of a patient and a provider who often advises on, you know, lends advice on when it might be a good idea to seek out an alternative provider. Okay, so I just want to walk through some of these that I often have as a discussion with my own patient population and do know that this isn't, you know, medical advice or, you know, psychotherapy and it's not psychological advice or psychiatric advice. This is a conversation about, you know, my practice, what I've experienced and as I always say on this podcast, you know, use your own due diligence, your own good uh, wisdom, talk to your own healthcare provider about what your psychological, psychiatric, and or medical needs may be. So with that said, let me just go through some of the reasons I've identified in my own clinical practice for why it, when and why it might be a good idea to move on in therapy to a new therapist. Number one, when it's just not a good fit. When it's just not a good fit, maybe the personality style of the therapist isn't, you know, jiving, the communication style, the way of speaking, the language, the use of language, the word choices, the listening skills are or are not there. It might be a good reason at that point to decide to look for or seek out a new therapist. When there isn't progress being made, when, you know, month after month or year after year issues are being recycled that aren't getting resolution or you're not getting the tools that you need to work through issues, might be a good time to have a conversation about that in your therapy. Okay, when new issues arise that suggest the need for a different type of therapy that's beyond the scope of practice for that particular therapist. And I have to say, this is so absolutely important. And I'm going to give an example of this because this is something that has arisen time and time again. I've seen patients in my clinical practice who, through very good therapy, discover new diagnoses that come up. 
And their therapists, those who are in my collaborative network, will often say, you know, with full disclosure, with, you know, signed agreements on file, that, you know, it's it, it really is time to find a person who is adept and skilled and skillful in this area of therapy. Let's just say trauma or PTSD. When new diagnoses are um, discovered, a very good therapist knows their scope of practice. They know what their training is. They know what they're good in. They know what, you know, areas of influence they have and areas, you know, and influence and also confident, um, you know, body of knowledge in a very good therapist will absolutely be honest and forthright and say, you know, this is not my area of expertise. I'd like to bring on another therapist and or professional onto our team who can help us guide or find our way through this new diagnosis that we've identified. And if that is not happening, you know, that demands a conversation at the very least about the way forward, about how to navigate around this new diagnosis. And that that really does apply for not just, you know, psychotherapy, but it also applies even in allopathic medicine. I mean, you know, if I were to see a patient who had a, you know, a, you know, terrible heart disease of some kind, I'd be forced to by just by ethical, you know, practice to ask the person to be seen by a cardiologist. You know, it's if I saw someone who had a broken bone, I'm not an orthopedist. So it demands, you know, in my good practice to make a referral to someone who's skilled and skillful in that area. And so I think that is one of the most important things to sort of be thinking about in therapy. Some of these are the very, you know, very, very important and very personal to each person. But when it's not a good fit, number one, when there aren't, you know, you know, uh, milestones being achieved or progress being made, when tools aren't sufficient to manage the issues that are coming up in therapy, when new issues arise that suggest the need for a different type of therapy that's beyond the therapist's scope of practice, when new diagnoses are being made, all of these sort of situations require at minimum, at minimum, a conversation about what's happening and what's not happening and what needs to happen in the therapeutic relationship. Now, what often happens, what I've witnessed after these conversations have, have been had or before the conversation has been had is a whole lot of guilt. It's a very, very common feeling, a very common report that I've heard. And it sounds a little bit like, you know, Angel, I am not making any progress. I don't feel like this person is hearing me or validating what I'm saying. However, and then here comes a long list of shoulds. You know, I should just keep going because, you know, I, I want to save this marriage or I should just keep going because this person helped me get through, you know, X, Y, Z, just a lot of guilt. So what has to happen again in the conversation between the therapist and the patient 
is acknowledgement of that feeling. Acknowledgement that, you know, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. But this is also what I need. This is radical self-compassion at its finest. At its finest. When we talk about self-compassion, self-compassion is understanding what we need and where we are. I often say mindfulness is understanding, is awareness of where you are. Compassion is understanding what you need. And that's how those two things go together. And so a conversation about, you know, where you are and what you need is what has to take place so that we can move forward into the bigger question of how to break up with a therapist nicely. Now, I'm going to say that one of the best quotes I've ever heard is that by Stephen Covey is to begin with the end in mind. I always tell my patients and clients one thing, begin with the end in mind. When you begin a relationship with a medical provider, a psychiatrist, psychologist, anyone who is helping you manage your mental health and well-being, you want to have these conversations from the beginning, from the beginning on the first appointment. And that question is, if or when I feel like I'm not getting from therapy what I need to get, what is the best way for us to, you know, move on from this you know, relationship. That is a question I think should be, you know, spoken from the very beginning so that, you know, the person or the patient is absolutely clear that it is okay. It is absolutely okay to not feel like moving forward in this relationship, not moving forward in this therapeutic relationship. I think when that is said from the very beginning that, you know, here's what we're going to be doing together. Here's, you know, what my skills are. Here's what we'll work on. Here's what the, you know, the the governing sort of guidelines are in therapy. However, feel free at any time to let me know if that sets the stage for expectations. It sets the stage for honesty and for open communication. Now, here's another situation that I want to sort of separate from this conversation about how to break up with a therapist nicely. Obviously, where there is trauma, where there is malpractice, where there is ill will, where there is a threat to safety, where there is a threat to ethical practice, obviously that realm of personal and professional violation is, is, is apart from this conversation. You know, that's not when a patient should even be thinking about, you know, breaking up nicely. I mean, where there's ethical violation or, you know, some other, you know, boundary crossing, whether it be physical, mental, or psychological, spiritual, or otherwise, 
you know, that's that's apart and separate from what we're talking about today. So I, I want to be clear that what I'm talking about is within the realm of safe practice where there's just not a good fit or those other you know, qualifiers that I mentioned. So I need to make certain that we're, you know, that I'm clear about this, that I'm not including, you know, emergency situations or ethical or legal or moral violations that are not in keeping with a good, healthy and holistic um, therapeutic relationship. And so another thing that I think is really important is to remember that therapy is a professional service and therapists are professionals, which means that this is not a friendship. And so what I often advise my patients and clients is to not overthink your approach or your worry about hurting your therapist's feelings, because the truth be told, most therapists are very skilled at handling the conversation and handling uh, feedback, no matter how difficult it may be. Now, this doesn't mean that you barge in to a an, an appointment with you know argumentative or accusatory language, or that you not be respectful of the therapist's boundaries or your own boundaries. What I am saying is that you know it's not helpful to you know, overthink or worry about the therapist's feelings because it only creates more anxiety and it only hinders the your ability to tap into what you really are looking for and what you really do need in a therapeutic, you know, relationship. It hinders the ability to have the conversation about whether there can be some repair. You know, is there something that the therapist missed? Is there something that, you know, you wish you had not said and now you're feeling a little, you know, uh, concerned about what you said or, you know, that you're thinking that perhaps it wasn't you know, understood appropriately and it took therapy down a different direction? I mean, worrying about the therapist's feelings just really does hinder the ability to have that conversation and see where you might be able to go in a different direction and continue the work that you're doing with the therapist. So I say all of this just to say, don't worry about hurt feelings. Remember that therapy is a professional service and therapists are professionals at the end of the day. And so the way to break up with a therapist nicely is creating the space for the conversation to take place and deciding what that space needs to look like. Does it need to be in face-to-face appointment? Does it need to be an appointment by way of telehealth, the way we're still doing telehealth? How long does that appointment need to be? What does the conversation need to entail? These are things that you get to decide. The other thing is, where do we go from here? You know, where do we get referrals? What sort of referral you need? What you're looking for in a therapist? These are ways to really end the therapeutic relationship well, kindly, compassionately, and so that each person is clear on what happened in the therapeutic relationship, what was missing, 
what could have been different. You know, it's a welcome opportunity for both people to learn and grow, because as a clinician, I will say that most of us in clinical practice, whether it be therapy or allopathic medicine, we're learning at the same time that we're practicing. That's why it's called a practice, because we're always learning. We're learning from every single patient encounter, every single patient experience, you know, a good, compassionate uh, caregiver, I'm sorry, clinician will learn from every single encounter. And so that being said, you know, holding that space for full conversation and closure is absolutely important. Now, I want to flip this around to when the therapist is ending the relationship. And I've seen this happen, especially throughout COVID, where there are a lot of therapists who have decided to close clinical practices for one reason or another. And unfortunately, I've seen people wind up without a therapist at all because of abrupt ending and closings of practices. And what I will say is that one of the best scenarios that I've seen recently was a therapy therapeutic relationship that came to a close over the course of three appointments. And the individuals involved, you know, were informed that the, the practice was closing, that they'd have three final visits in which they'd do their wrap up and their closure. They'd identify strengths. They'd identify, you know, needed areas of continued therapy And during those three visits, they even talked about what kind of therapy would be helpful. Um, CBD, you know, uh, cognitive behavioral, uh, CBT, I'm sorry, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy versus trauma-informed therapy. You know, they talked about this. And over the course of three one-hour visits, the therapist and the clients designed a treatment plan and a way forward with solid referrals and with you know clear identification of you know the strengths that had been gained as well as the ongoing needed uh, continued therapy and so i say all of this to say that breaking up with a therapist isn't always you know, you as the client breaking up, sometimes it comes as a result of, of therapists who are closing practices, moving away, moving on, changing their discipline, um, not feeling like they want to, you know, continue doing the work that they're doing. So it goes both ways and breaking up a therapy relationship, um, you know, is a, is a very thing that has to happen with a great deal of compassion and understanding that this is a very intimate relationship uh, touching on many, many personal, painful experiences, areas of needed growth. And so ending that and finding safety in another person um, requires a lot of emotional um, strength and fortitude. So. It's important for both parties to understand that as this breakup occurs, there's going to need to be a lot of communication, honest communication, and a lot of consideration and compassion.
And so I want to wrap up just by offering just some overarching guidance overall to sort of pull all of this together and just offer some sort of quick tips and a summary for what we talked about today. And number one, as I said, from the very beginning, as it pertains to therapy, you want to be clear from the very beginning about, you know, not not just what your goals are in therapy, but how the therapeutic relationship will end when it ends. What are the boundaries? What is the communication that takes place? What is the process? Will there be referrals? Um, who's in that person's network that they can refer to? These are the things you want to be clear about going into therapy from the very beginning. You want to have conversation that allows for reflection on whether the relationship can or even should be repaired. There's a lot of things that come up throughout therapy. And sometimes it's just plain old miscommunication that leaves a bad taste in someone's mouth on one end or the other. And so it's important to just have that space for reflection on sort of what went wrong, what the issues are, what the concerns are, and how they can possibly be repaired if there is some repair that can occur. So it's a matter of, you know, what is your gut telling you? What do you feel when you're in the presence of this therapist? Is there trust? Is there safety? Is there confidence in, you know, the person's skill sets and in what's happening? Is progress being made? You know, all of these kinds of things are questions that only you can answer for yourself, ask and answer for yourself. Um, the other thing overarching, you know, go into the conversation deciding from the beginning what you want to share, how much or how little you want to explain. Because remember, as I said, this is a professional relationship. This is not a friendship. These are not friends. Your therapist is not your friend. So you're not obligated, you know, really to explain anything to anyone. You know, at any time you can say that, you know, this isn't what I'm looking for. And, you know, that can be that. Now, I will say you can benefit greatly from exploring and having conversation. But there's time when there's, you know, sometimes there's no conversation to be had. So the bottom line is this is your space. It's your time to find closure, to end the relationship in the way that feels good for you, as long as it's respectful. And as long as, you know, you're able to end it with dignity and with grace for both parties involved, you know, is my personal feeling. You know, go into the conversation prepared to set boundaries, as I said, because, you know, sometimes there's, you know, conversation that needs to be had. Sometimes there isn't. Decide on how and where and what you want the space to be when you're having this conversation. Now, I will say that, you know, I think both parties deserve, you know, the opportunity to hear and speak. So, you know, I'm not a fan of text messages, <laughs> uh, you know, as it pertains to patient communication. Um, although some parties are, I will only speak for myself. I don't think that, you know, texting allows for nuance uh, and for context. And because I'm a person who likes to grow and learn in my clinical practice, I do prefer having conversations, whether by telehealth or by telephone or in person. 
And then, you know, lastly, make sure that you give yourself the opportunity to have referrals and resources. And this is why I sort of said, you know, from the beginning about, you know, establishing this therapeutic relationship. I've used the word therapeutic many times throughout this podcast because you want to be able to leave with resources, with recommendations, with referrals you know, to continue, you know, growing and learning and healing, you know, the, the issues and concerns that you've come for. Know that no therapist, you know, I've not encountered a therapist yet who isn't willing to give resources and recommendations. Um, it's entirely up to you whether you, you know, follow through on them. But, you know, the therapist and, and you know, counselors and psychologists and whatnot that I've worked with have always been very happy to offer, you know, new resources, new recommendations and things like this. So I hope this episode has been helpful for you. And more than anything, I hope it has helped you to realize that therapy is for you. Therapy is for you. And it is absolutely okay to decide that you want differently, that you want more, that you want to go deeper, that you're not getting what you're looking for in therapy with the individual that you're working with, that you'd like to explore a different type of therapy. This podcast is all about helping you feel empowered and engaged in your health and well-being. And that's what this episode is about, helping you to be, be empowered and engaged in your mental health and well-being care. And if this podcast has been helpful for you, please leave us a shout out. You know, put a rating on the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Share it with a friend. You know, we are living in such difficult times these days. You know, there's just so many things happening and the ability to regulate our emotions, to make sense of the world around us, to feel a sense of purpose and passion and just motivation and inspiration is just a lot of work these days. And so let's spread the good word and build the beloved community that we all know that we want to live in by just sharing good podcasts like this, because I know this is a good podcast, share it with a friend, you know, forward it over to a friend and say, hey, listen, I learned such and such on this podcast. I think you should listen to this. I'll tell you good health is the very first wealth kindness and compassion never go out of style and just paying it forward by giving someone the gift of wellness is a gift that will last a lifetime so do yourself and someone you love the favor of sharing this podcast do us the favor of leaving a rating wherever you find your podcast send us a message let us know let me know what you enjoyed about this podcast what you continue to enjoy what you'd like to learn more about or hear more about i want to hear from you consider becoming a patreon jump into the show notes 
consider becoming a Patreon at $5 a month if that feels right for you. You can get in on supporting a podcast that is all about helping people change their life, not just their symptoms. A podcast that is helping people to live longer and live better at $5 a month if that feels right for you. And if something else feels right for you, if more than that feels right for you, jump on to the link in the show notes for our Patreon support page. We appreciate every single dime that comes in for this podcast because we are true to the mission. I am true to the mission of helping people change their lives, not just their symptoms, to help people live longer and live better with lifestyle medicine. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this podcast has been helpful for you. Do everything I said, (laughs) leave a rating, share the podcast with friends, be well, be good to yourself. And as I always say, never, ever, ever, ever be afraid to be amazing. Take good care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Healthy House Calls with Angel. I hope today's episode leaves you feeling inspired, motivated, and empowered to live your best life by applying the practical tools of holistic lifestyle medicine to eat, sleep, move, and live better. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you receive this podcast. Check in for show notes and share this podcast with friends. If you'd like even more tips in your inbox, subscribe to my newsletter. Healthy House Calls with Angel by using the link in the show description. Until next time, be well and be good to yourself.